Good afternoon and welcome to Fido Talk with Dave Thompson. Today we're going to dive into the subject of morale. We're going to talk a little bit about the importance of morale, give some examples of how morale has helped certain organizations throughout history, and then we're going to dive into what we can do in our own organizations to improve morale and make it a sustainable tool for us as leaders in influential teammates. So let's get going. Whether a soldier has physical comforts or physical hardships may be a factor, but it's seldom the determining factor in making or unmaking his morale. A cause known and believed in Knowledge that substantial justice governs discipline, the individual's confidence and pride in himself, his comrades, his leaders, the unit's pride in its own will. These basic things supplemented by intelligent welfare and recreation measures brought to life by a spirit of mutual respect and co-cooperation combined to wield a seasoned fighting force capable of defending a nation. That was from James Ulio from the American Journal of Sociology in an article called Military Morale. Now, a definition of morale from the Oxford Dictionary is the confidence, enthusiasm, and discipline of an individual or group of people. So, how do we define morale these days, how how are we, you know, kind of wrap it up into one kind of simple statement? And it's um, it's a little difficult, right? When a group of people are have a belief a belief in what they're doing. They have a belief in the overall mission combined with a belief of their leaders, the people to the right and the left of them. It creates an atmosphere. It creates an environment of healthy production. And I think that's kind of a a good simplistic definition of morale a healthy environment for people to be effective in accomplishing an overall goal or mission you know humans are it, they're they're a funny creature right um there there's a flip side to where you want everyone wants to be a part of a group because we're social animals, but we don't want to lose that individualism. And being a part of a, a successful group, a, a a a top group, I think is a a goal of any young person, right? I. I I can't 
ever remember growing up or, or talking to kids at school or and anyone having any aspirations of, um, you know, wanting to be just average, you know, um, you, you would hear kids of, you know, wanting to be in the Marine Corps because they were the, the best conventional fighting force in the world. Um, people wanted to uh, play in the NFL. They wanted to play D1 college ball. They wanted to play all these um, top-tier, top-level sports. And, and that's what humans do, right? They strive to be better. They strive to, to perform. Once we hit roadblocks and we hit different stepping stones in our lives, uh, things can get demoralizing. And that is significant. Being demoralized can can really take away from an overall goal. It it can be devastating. Some there's some examples out there though of how morale has redefined and accomplish some amazing feats. If if we go f- far enough back in history, um, you can learn some valuable lessons in in the form of morale. Um, Arthur Upman Pope uh, wrote an article, "The Importance of Morale," and he states, "Morale wins wars. It solves crisis and an end." As an independent, in, excuse me, as an indispensable condition of a vigorous nation, national life, and equally essential to the maximum achievement of the individual. And he goes on to list examples of how morale has accomplished some incredible feats. When you think of like the armies of Joan of Arc, always outnumbered always out equipped um the enemy always had you know better equipment and better arms and things like that and she was extremely successful the everyone knows the thermopylae and marathon battles um the 300 valley forge the peninsula campaign alexander the great and probably one of the most successful tacticians of of morale was Hannibal. Hannibal, the as often thought of as the greatest general in antiquity, used morale with incredible effectiveness. He seized upon the demoralization of his enemy and oftentimes outnumbered by two to one was very successful. Um, how he did that and how they all did that is by understanding the needs of their people. 
we all have basic human needs. Um, Maslow, Abraham Maslow, in his uh, hi, uh, hierarchy of basic human needs or hierarchy, hierarchy of needs, um, understands that the basic needs dictate motivation behavior. If a human is safe, secure, has food, water, and rest, those physical basic human needs are taken care of. From there, he can start developing his psychological needs the needs of relationships, of friends, of feelings, feelings of accomplishment. From there, he can, the human can get into you know, self-actualization in achieving their full potential. Now, it's, it's hard to say that all those examples and those generals and those leaders you know, knew of the hierarchy of needs, but they did take care of their people, right? They took care of the needs of their men and women uh, within their organizations. So they created an environment, an environment of high morale, of people realizing their full potential. They're realizing that they can overcome insurmountable odds, the two to one, the three to one against, and still come out on top and be very effective in whatever they're doing. That in itself lends to organizational pride, um, being the best of the best and, and even being, you know, outnumbered and um, kind of the, like the Cinderella story, the, the, the pride, the, the self-accomplishment, the accomplishment of the overall team and organization drives morale through the roof. And when you create that morale and the successes keep coming and you build and you're building that juggernaut that's a very 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 difficult dynamic to defeat having morale in your organization or our organizations is it's absolutely crucial. It's incredibly crucial. When, and I can, I can speak and I can certainly think of at least one example of uh, there was a time in, in a different country where we were conducting uh, a mission and it was, wasn't the greatest of places to be. But the directives coming from the frontline leaders were get it done. 
Um, and it was it was done. It, it was done. The the objective that we were trying to accomplish, though, was the security of another unit. That's what our objective would lead to: securing a piece of land and um, building a security building security around that um, operating post. Well, it was done. It certainly was done, but it was done half-assed. And the speed in which it was done the quality of work was given up. And it was done so just for the frontline leaders to be able to pin up a graph of production, of see what I did, uh, see what we did. We, we did this many, um, you know, linear feet of security measures in, in in a week in you know whatever the the time frame had you know was at the time and in the beginning that was great right it, we were seemingly crushing it but after the first week realizing that the quality of work was shit knowing that Either we or someone else would have to come behind us and fix what we had already done became demoralizing. It exposed the leadership as not genuine, as not taking care of their soldiers, right? The basic needs, the safety, the security of the the soldiers right um that in turn put the relationships in question and from there it fractured that platoon it's not a it's not a complicated fix right it's not a it's not something that is um like we're not recreating the wheel here we're not reinventing the wheel the again we're not constantly you know looking outside the box for the answer because the answer nine times out of ten is already inside the box you do the job you do it to the best of your ability and then you move on to the next objective. You take the lessons learned from that and you apply them moving forward. So what can we as leaders, as influential teammates, and just good teammates in general, what can we do to improve morale? First thing is... Keep it simple. Understand 
that human needs, they, they just, they have to be met. They absolutely have to be met, right? Are my, my guys, my team, my teammates, are they safe? Are they secure? Do they have basic needs? Do they have food, water, rest? Are they warm? Are they dry? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, we see this a lot nowadays in first responders, right? Um, the way the climate is and the environment is for first responders these days, I'm not sure if they're, they're safe. I'm not sure if they're secure as far as food, water, rest. Rest, maybe not the the importance of that it it can't be overstated without these basic needs the expectation of them developing relationships uh, professional relationships neutral relationships lasting relationships with within their own organizations agencies departments etc uh, etc it won't get there. There's a natural progress to that until them, they themselves are safe, secure, and have everything they need, well-rested, and are stable in their basic needs. They're not equipped to make those relationships within their teams, and never mind in their communities and to the public and the people that they serve. There'll never be a feeling of accomplishment. It'll just be uh, punching the clock, eight in the gate, um, putting out fires, checking the boxes, and going home. No feeling of accomplishment. And then the individual will never ch- achieve their full potential. If they're not achieving their full potential, the team in the organization damn well will never achieve their full potential and that overall mission statement, the mission, the goals will never get accomplished. It's that simple. Leadership is, is definitely a complex subject, right? There's a lot of rabbit holes. There is a lot of variables. There's a lot of ands, if, and buts that can take us in, in almost an infinite amount of directions and that's fine the approach to those complexities though can be kept simple and take them one at a time in the context of today's subject of morale take care of your people if we keep those principles the same, the principles that we've we've talked about on here at Bare Bones, we talk about it the the mission, the men, and then me. That's Peter Blaber's theory, the boots on the ground theory. If we keep those those priorities as as they are. We're on the right road. 
we're we're well on our way. When it comes to the mission, everything revolves around the mission. Everything that we do is in pursuit as is in support of that mission. That mission doesn't get done without the team, without the people. The people need have basic needs. Take care of those basic needs. As soon as those basic physical needs, and they are very confident, they have no doubt that their leaders and influential teammates are going to make sure they're safe, they're secure, they have food, water, rest, and they're good physically, those relationships will start to be built. From then, the full potential will come around for sure. And then me, right? If I don't take care of me, if I don't take care of my basic needs, if I don't make sure that I'm healthy, mind, body, and spirit, then I can't take care of the guys. I can't take care of the team. And then that mission will never come to fruition that goal. It, it just won't happen. It's something that we really need to, I think, if, if we're going to be part of a team, if we're going to be part of an organization, a department, a, an agency, if, if we're going to be in any type of industry, um, job, career, that you're serving um, the public or um, anything that involves some sort of selfless service. If you don't take care of yourself so you can take care of the team, so they can take care of the mission, you're doing the whole organization a terrible disservice. So in wrapping up today, I just want to reemphasize, take care of the people. They have basic, basic physical needs. Um, and at the end of the day, understand that as a leader, you are responsible for everything within that organization, top to bottom. The buck stops with you. Full responsibility. And one of the most overlooked responsibilities, in my opinion, especially these days, is the morale of the people or the people within different organizations. One lesson we can take from Dwight D. Eisenhower on a particular mission is this. Our landings at Cherbourg Harvey have failed to gain satisfactory foothold and I have withdrawn the troops. My decision to attack at this time and place was based on the best information available. 
The troops, the air, and the navy did all the bravery and devotion to duty they could do. If any blame or fault attaches to the attempt, it is mine alone. So, that's a great example right there. The Supreme Allied Commander takes full responsibility of a mission that didn't go didn't go through he shoulders any blame that could come down and that's important it's important to the boots on the ground that they know that they have at the very top somebody that is looking out for them and their needs I appreciate everybody listening. If you get a chance, check us out, uh, barebonesleadership.com. There's a few blogs up. Check out the YouTube channel. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. I appreciate your time, and stay tuned for the next podcast.